everyone, and welcome back. My name is Blair or the Illuminati, and today, I can't believe we're actually doing this, but we're gonna actually do this video today. I had mentioned previously that I could do an entire video shitting on Fifty Shades of Grey because of how ridiculous and problematic it was. And although I said it as a joke, when I looked at the comments of that video, a lot of you guys were like, yes, please do it. I would live for it. So here we are. The thing is though, like I've been kind of wanting to write this for some time, like for literal months and dreading every step of it because it would mean having to actually like look at the book and watching the movie. But here we are. So as much as I love you guys, I must confess, I didn't read every single tiny detail of the book. I mostly skimmed it, but I did watch the movie because I think my brain would actually explode because of how just bad this is. So let's just dive right in. A good fiery romance novel stirs up certain, you know, feelings for those reading it. Kids, plug your ears. And I mean, look, Let's be real here with each other. It's like reading porn in some spots. And hey, if you like to read that, that's your call, that's cool, whatever. This book is just, well, it's odd because originally it wasn't just a steamy romance, but it was actually a Twilight fan fiction. Master of the Universe was a first draft of Fifty Shades of Grey and written from the perspective of Bella and Edward. The draft was posted to fanfiction.net and eventually the characters became Anna and Christian, the main characters of Fifty Shades. Now, I've got no problems with fan fictions whatsoever. If that's your gig, go for it. However, the giant, massive, colossal problem I have with this book is all summed up in a few scenes. It has nothing to do with the scandalous sexual tensions or arousal beatings. No, if that's what tickles your fancy, you do you. My massive problem with this book is how it supposedly represents the BDSM community, which is bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission. And it treats the arrangement between Anna and Christian as somehow acceptable when it's not. And again, here's the thing. My fellow scriptwriter, Allie, has actually written fan fiction before as well as novels and is also part of some roleplay communities on Discord. Think like Dungeons and Dragons without the dice or the game part. Now, personally, I don't write fan fiction, but I wanted to understand if this is an issue of a Twilight fan who didn't realize her work would be so popular or something far more irresponsible and dangerous. So here's a writer's take on that. I can't speak for every writer out there, but when I write for myself, yeah, I'll admit it's often not accurate of real world scenarios. That's the beauty of it. I'm just living out a fantasy or a scene I had in my head. And if that's what Erica Leonard was doing when she wrote Master of the Universe, that's absolutely fine. But the problem is that the second this book went on the editing chopping block or the second it was sent to an agent or publisher and became Fifty Shades, she knew it would reach millions of people. Whether or not she knew if it actually would sell doesn't matter. She just put it out there to the general public and in effect spread misinformation. She wasn't just writing for fun or for herself anymore. So she should have edited those pieces and made them more true to life so they weren't so problematic. And the first massively problematic piece I found comes when Christian tells Anna to actually research the BDSM community. In the book, he sends her a laptop to research what the lifestyle is all about and before he has her enter into a contract with him. And I mean, sure, plenty of people criticize that Fifty Shades is poorly written and devoid of plot, but Erica Leonard here clearly had the foresight to write Anna doing research on what the community is, and yet she completely misrepresents the community. I will get into how she does that in just a bit, but first let's read some of these frustrating excerpts together. Because hey, if I had to suffer through these, so do you. 
Half an hour later, Christian Gray walks into our suite. Holy crap, he's wearing a white shirt open at the collar and gray flannel pants that hang from his hips. His unruly hair is still damp from a shower. My mouth goes dry looking at him. He's so freaking hot. Anna worships the ground he freaking walks on from page one. I wish I were joking, but when Christian asks, what's your thing to her in chapter two, she thinks, you, you are my thing. Being with him, she says she can hardly breathe and that her erratic breathing must be audible. Like, it's a bit cringy to say the least, but moving on. You are quite the disciplinarian, I hiss at him. Oh, Anastasia, you have no idea. His eyes narrow and then he grins wickedly. It's disarming. One minute I'm confused and angry, the next I'm gazing at his gorgeous smile. Wow, I am entranced and it's because his smile is so rare. I quite forget what he's talking about. I'm going to have a shower unless you'd like to shower first. He cocks his head to one side, still grinning. My heartbeat has picked up and my medulla oblongata has, God fucking damn it, are you kidding me? Okay, it's actually written like that, holy fuck, okay. My heartbeat has picked up and my medulla oblongata has neglected to fire any synapses to make me breathe. His grin widens and he reaches over and runs his thumb down my cheek and across my lower lip. It's just more of Anna wondering why he's so attractive, a lot of breathing and whispers and sardonic smiles. Anna thinks, holy cow, about 50 times more. Like, yeah, this is uh, certainly, this is reading material, I guess. Um, Anyway, let's go to their contract. Rules, obedience. The submissive will obey any instructions given by the dominant immediately without hesitation or reservation and in an expeditious manner. The submissive will agree to any sexual activity deemed fit and pleasurable by the dominant, accepting those activities which are outlined in hard limits appendix two. She will do so eagerly and without hesitation. Sleep, the submissive will ensure she achieves a minimum of seven hours of sleep a night when she is not with the dominant. Food. The submissive will eat regularly to maintain her health and well-being from a prescribed list of foods, appendix four. The submissive will not snack between meals with the exception of fruit. Personal hygiene slash beauty. The submissive will keep herself clean and shaved and or waxed at all times. The submissive will visit a beauty salon of the dominant's choosing at times to be decided by the dominant and undergo whatever treatments the dominant sees fit. Personal safety, the submissive will not drink to excess, smoke, take recreational drugs, or put herself in any unnecessary danger. Personal qualities, the submissive will not enter into any sexual relations with anyone other than the dominant. The submissive will conduct herself in a respectful and modest manner at all times. She must recognize that her behavior is a direct reflection on the dominant. She shall be held accountable for any misdeeds, wrongdoings, and misbehavior committed when not in the presence of the dominant. Failure to comply with any of the above will result in immediate punishment, the nature of which shall be determined by the dominant. Like, I think you guys get the picture here. Like, here is my first personal issue. Consent can be withdrawn and changed. If someone is into being bossed around and signs up for this, that's one thing. But people can change their mind and it can change from day to day or experience to experience. What is okay one night may not be okay the next. And that's perfectly okay and absolutely normal. To have such a stringent set of rules like this, it's just, it's not actually something that works in reality, especially given what happens in the next story. He gazes at me and furrows his brow. Is there anything you won't do? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I squirm uncomfortably and bite my lip. I've never done anything like this. 
Well, when you've had sex, was there anything you didn't like doing? For the first time in what seems to be ages, I blush. You can tell me, Anastasia. We have to be honest with each other or this isn't going to work. I squirm uncomfortably again and stare at my knotted fingers. Tell me, he commands. Well, I've not had sex before, so I don't know. My voice is small. I peek up at him and he's staring at me, mouth open, frozen, and pale, really pale. Never, he whispers. I shake my head. You're a virgin, he breathes. I nod, blushing again. God, I fucking hate this book. Anyway, he closes his eyes and looks to be counting to 10. When he opens them again, he's angry, glaring at me. Why the fuck didn't you tell me, he growls. Like, haha, yeah, we're gonna be honest with each other. But the second she's honest with him, he curses and like growls at her. Real convincing stuff here. If this isn't meant to demonstrate the garbage fire of a relationship that she's going into, like she's doing a great job here because he goes off on her for being a virgin and not having told him when they didn't even meet that long ago. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, I don't really disclose that. Like when I meet someone like, oh my God, hi, it's nice to meet you. Like I'm a virgin, what's up? Like you don't do that. That's just weird. But literally not a second later, when she seems upset, he's calling her beautiful and his voice is gentle again. Christian tells her, I'm going to make love to you before they sign this contract because I guess she needs to experience that first before signing into this whole BDSM thing. He doesn't ask, will you make love to me? No, he's already ordering her like, your virginity, boom, that shit's gone, baby. Like, ugh, I'm just excited for this to end because like all these excerpts and stuff, like I just, it hurts me to read. So eventually 26 long chapters later, it does. When Anna tells Christian to show her how bad it can get, he beats her with a belt. And I guess somehow that makes her realize they're incompatible and she runs from him. Now, obviously we know this isn't how it ends because she ends up with him in the end because this is a freaking trilogy, but like you get my point. As much as I would love to sit here and just tear this book to shreds, I'm actually gonna turn the folk. Oh, hi there, Casper. Thank you for the collar shake. Now everyone's heard your little jingles. Sometimes I'm so happy Casper does not know English because my God, would I be horrified if he could know what I'm doing a video on right now. But anyway, I'm actually going to turn the focus onto the BDSM community itself and we're gonna let them do the talking about this book. One writer from The Atlantic explains, as several experienced BDSM practitioners emphasize to me, there are healthy ethical ways to consensually combine sex and pain. All of them require self-knowledge, communication skills, and emotional maturity in order to make sex safe and mutually gratifying. The problem is that Fifty Shades casually associates hot sex with violence, but without any of this context. Sometimes Anna says yes to sex she's uncomfortable with because she's too shy to speak her mind or because she's afraid of losing Christian. She gives consent when he wants to inflict pain, yet that doesn't prevent her from being harmed. This is a troubling fantasy in American culture where one in five women will be raped within their lifetime, according to the CDC, where nearly 40% of those rapes will happen to women age 18 to 24. And where troubling evidence of casual attitudes towards rape, such as in 2010, when a number of Ivy League educated men thought it was okay to chant no means yes, yes means anal on their campus is not uncommon. As images of Anna being beaten by Christian become the new normal for what is considered erotic, they raise questions about what it means to consent to sex. Clearly consent is necessary, but is it sufficient? Fifty Shades is far from the first book series to include either explicit sex or BDSM. 
but no book on this topic has caught on like Fifty Shades, nor reached such a mass audience. There was serendipity involved in the marketplace. When there's something you hear a lot about and you can't get it at first, demand builds up, said Kaplan. But it would be a mistake to brush the book off as an accident of ebook economics, he said. I see in publishers' catalogs tons of paranormal romance, explicit romance, This caught on because it was better, more well-described. And I don't know if I'd personally say better after what I read, and plenty of people seem to disagree with that statement when the article continues. But it's certainly described in vivid detail, and I'll give them that. Again, my problem with this is that it's being seen as okay or just a conventional love story with some quirks. I mean, Anna and Christian get married and have kids in the other books. If it ended with book one, I may not have had so much of an issue. The story would be about a BDSM relationship that Anna changed her mind over and she left. There would be this paragraph at the end that says, I realized my relationship with Christian wasn't right for me. I need to find someone I can be with myself and be honest with, done, end of book. But she goes back with him, even when they had horrible communication and she allowed him to abuse or beat her out of being too shy to say no. And the last chapter instead has Anna saying how she'll never be what he needs as if it's some tragedy that they weren't meant to be together. Many sites online speak at length on the BDSM community and they emphasize the importance of communication and consent. There's literally no shortage of that. One site that I found said how communicating what you're into matters and even used Fifty Shades of Grey as an example of that. But like, did they even read the book? Like sure, there are safe words and a few accurate aspects to BDSM, but the consent and communication described in Fifty Shades is pathetic. And here's how The Atlantic describes it. The major question of Fifty Shades of Grey is whether Anna will or won't sign a legal contract agreeing to be Christian submissive, eating certain foods, wearing certain clothes, and submitting to whatever kind of sex he wants whenever he wants it. She's torn. She wants to make him happy, but violent sex makes her uncomfortable. This is clear at several points in the book. For example, Christian stays over after Anna's college graduation, and before he leaves in the morning, she rolls her eyes at something he says. Oh, Anastasia Steele, did you just roll your eyes at me? Crap. No, I squeak. I think you did. What did I say I'd do to you if you rolled your eyes at me again? Shit. At this point, she hasn't even signed the contract. They've only been dating for a few weeks. I haven't signed, I whispered. I told you what I'd do. I'm a man of my word. I'm going to spank you, and then I'm going to fuck you very quick and very hard. Tentatively, I uncurl my legs. Should I run? This is it. Our relationship hangs in the balance right here, right now. Do I let him do this or do I say no? And then that's it. She does it. He spanks her in a way that he feels is erotic and that another partner might feel is erotic, but Anna clearly does not. He hits me again. This is getting harder to take. My face hurts. It's screwed up so tight. He strokes me gently and then the blow comes. I cry out again. No one to hear you, baby, just me. And he hits me again and again. From somewhere deep inside, I want to beg him to stop, but I don't. I don't want to give him the satisfaction. This isn't spanking as a form of erotic play. It's an emotional bargain. Anna tolerates it barely because she's scared of what will happen if she doesn't. She can't tell Christian she doesn't want to be spanked. She's too shy and her relationship with him is dependent on his power to both widen her sexual horizons and get whatever kind of sex he wants from her. But even though she ostensibly consented to this interaction, it seems like a thin kind of consent. This evening, he actually hit me. I've never been hit in my life. What have I gotten myself into? 
Very slowly, my tears, halted by Kate's arrival, began to slide down the sides of my face and into my ears. I have fallen for someone who's so emotionally shut down, I will only get hurt. Deep down, I know this. Someone who by his own admission is completely fucked up. Eventually, Anna agrees to some of the activities listed in the contract, given explicit verbal consent. Yet, even after she agrees, she and Christian have an encounter similar to this one. He touches her to the point of unwanted pain. She's uncomfortable, but doesn't want to say so. He pushes her limits and she ends up in tears. Needless to say, whatever the fuck research Anna supposedly did with the laptop Christian gave her was not enough. Tolerating something for a sexual partner is not what consent is about. And the horrible communication clearly does not help. People usually don't pick up romance novels because they're itching to read multiple pages of mature, sophisticated dialogue about feelings of vulnerability and personal boundaries. But if BDSM is going to be the new standard for hot, which Fifty Shades is helping it become, then that's the hard truth. Bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, and sadism are varsity level sex activities, as the sex columnist Dan Savage might say, and require a great deal of self-knowledge, communication skill, and education. Fifty Shades eroticizes sexual violence, but without any of the emotional maturity and communication required to make it safe. I'm not saying there should have been chapters and chapters devoted to this sophisticated dialogue. You don't see that in, well, many steamy romance novels anyway, but it's barely even mentioned. Anna's character is so fearful, so quiet, that this kind of relationship is taking advantage of her vulnerabilities, and that's not sexy. In an interview, Esther Perel, a sex therapist and author of Mating in Captivity said, I find it amazing that this country at this point is going to spill quantities of ink talking about Fifty Shades when it doesn't even have a basic education on sex. It's like you're introducing alcohol to people who haven't had any water in years. But that's exactly why it's so important to pay attention to the Fifty Shades fantasy. As for the movie, my take didn't change much. I didn't feel like I was watching two confident, sure adults making a mutual decision, mostly because of Anna's timid nature. If you're timid and shy, that's absolutely fine. Like, I'm not going to say these are inherently bad personality traits or something, but for this dynamic and how it's displayed, yes, it feels problematic. Like at the 38 minute mark, he shows her his toys or equipment, floggers and things of that nature, and she seems clearly uncomfortable. Maybe I misinterpreted her acting or she's super into it or whatever, but she looks incredibly unsure. He tells her this is the only sort of relationship he has, which is absolutely not true of people that are into BDSM. I don't need to use a freaking source on that either. You can't tell me that all or even most people that are dominatrixes or submissive don't have meaningful relationships. If that's the case, then Christian just needs some serious fucking help. But as he says, it's the way I am. Also, a thing I didn't notice before that if it was in the book's contract and I missed it, I don't know, but it is definitely in the movie. At one hour and 45 seconds in, Christian says Anna is to procure an oral contraceptive from a physician of his choosing. And he literally just says that he's not going to let her choose a doctor. Why would this interfere? Like, why would you let this interfere with your actual health? Why is this okay? Like, why does it matter which physician she goes to if she's going to get, you know, birth control of her choice? Like. What, what is this? It just, it doesn't even make sense anymore. Now, make no mistake, BDSM can go wrong without proper communication too. I'm not just saying this to be dramatic. In May, 2018, the BBC reported, 
When allegations of assault were made against New York's top prosecutor, Eric Schneiderman this week, he denied them, saying engaging in non-consensual sex was a line he would not cross. In the privacy of intimate relationships, I have engaged in role-playing and other consensual activities. I have not assaulted anyone, he told the New Yorker magazine, which broke the story. Four women say he repeatedly slapped them and one insisted she called him master in non-consensual situations. One former girlfriend, Michelle Manning Barish said, this was under no circumstances a sex game gone wrong. I did not consent to physical assault. The New York prosecutors are investigating the allegations. This is not the first time a man accused of assault has claimed he was consensually engaging in rough sex. In Mr. Schneiderman's case, he was in a sexual relationship with three of his four accusers. A fourth woman said he hit her after she rebuffed him. In 2014, Canadian musician and former radio host Gian Nomshi was acquitted of multiple sexual charges after several women claimed he had choked, slapped, and bitten them without warning or consent. The BBC spoke with sex experts and prominent members of the community who said full and free consent was a vital element of the practice in which partners consent to inflicting or enduring pain or physical abuse. They said they were keen to explain what does in fact make a consensual BDSM relationship. Speaking of those experts and members of the community though, I wanted to know what they think about Fifty Shades. And lucky for me, there's quite a few articles about dominatrixes reviewing Fifty Shades itself and what they think of the series. The first one I found from Rolling Stones featured Cheyenne. Cheyenne Picardo is a writer, filmmaker, and a one-time sex worker who still occasionally dabbles as a dominatrix. She refers to herself as a pro switch, which means she has performed sexually as both dominant, the dom, and submissive, sub. Cheyenne explains that the entire movie, she wanted to say to Christian, you're kinky and she's not, there's your problem. She also says she's never met a person like Christian who can't turn it off even a little bit, and that annoyed her about his character. For me, I get this as a novel. Christian Grey is just that, a character, and not one with a lot of depth, might I add. He won't be perfectly accurate of people in the BDSM community, and one could argue he's an exaggerated trope, but to have so little about the BDSM community that's accurate is rather bothersome. However, the title of the book is very appropriate. As Cheyenne puts it, the book and movie weren't always completely wrong, but they twisted an aspect of the BDSM community to suit their narrative. They fall into a gray area, so to speak. She says, the idea of having a contract to negotiate these things is not weird. While I haven't done it and I've never felt the need to do it in my personal life, other people do. You can download them. They don't hold up really because they're more for the two people embarking on the relationship than they are for any other purpose. But an NDA, I understand it's because he's supposed to be famous, but that's a red flag. It feels a little Bill Cosby-ish and she never questions it. Checking the end credits, they had more people doing craft services and catering than consulting on BDSM. In the movie, he's not psyched about the fact that she's not into it. See, you have a situation where you're kinky, you would keep looking for someone who's kinky, not someone who's constantly torturing themselves with why, 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 why. The goal for a submissive is to enter something called subspace where you can trust what goes on. I compare it to drunkenness without the nausea. And for a second, you have it. Like when he's carrying her to her room after a sex scene montage and she looks like she's been hit with a tranquilizer dart. That's subspace. It's a sign that actress Dakota Johnson did her research more than Jamie Woods is nuts. His research pissed a lot of people off. He went to like a club and was like, before I held my wife and kids, I had to wash my hands. It made it sound like he was very turned off and that's obvious. He's not behaving in a way that makes people think he's enjoying anything. So the actress playing Anna, Dakota Johnson, did her research, but the actor playing Christian, Jamie Dornan, didn't. 
at least from Cheyenne's perspective. However, she's not the only dominatrix perspective we're going to cover here. Another professional dominatrix, Mistress D, Sandoval, talked about the movie on The Daily Beast and mentioned that the problem first starts with them meeting. Christian, according to her, should be meeting a submissive online or at a fetish event. That way he's not just picking a random pretty woman in an interview and hoping or assuming she'd be into what he is. She says, I could see why Gray is drawn to Anastasia Steele. She is young, reserved, and inexperienced sexually, or the perfect clay or a natural dominant to mold into his obedient, devoted submissive. But the odds of someone like Anastasia Steele considering a dom-sub relationship are slim. I would compare it to BDSM Cinderella. You're probably not going to meet your Prince Charming after losing your ball gag at the fancy ball. Sandoval also explains that Christian getting rope and supplies from the hardware store where Anastasia works is unrealistic. BDSM rope is meant for the skin and not hardware. She adds, secondly, the dom subcontract Christian Grey had drawn up for Anastasia was a bit gag worthy, no pun intended. While it is very important to establish clear boundaries between a dominant and a submissive, the war and peace sized written contract was more than a little excessive. At the dungeon I worked at, we actually did keep similar contracts on hand to give to clients who weren't sure what fetishes they were into. However, I don't think any of the women I worked with ever gave one out. I remember we all just laughed at them. Sandoval finishes by explaining that no, the Fifty Shades franchise isn't accurate, but she hopes it'll encourage people to try something new. And hey, I'm all down with that as long as there's consenting adults involved. It's just sort of a shame that this inaccurate depiction is what people have to look in the media when the BDSM community advocates for communication and consent that this book and movie does not show. Yet another dominatrix, Queen Ashton, says even the premise itself is a bit warped. First and foremost, BDSM stands for bondage and discipline, dominance, and submission, sadism, and masochism. It always involves a dominant and a submissive and can include, depending on the individual's personal fetishes, a number of different activities, including whips, bondage, humiliation, role play, and costumes. But according to Queen Ashton, Fifty Shades gets the basics wrong. To begin, I'm happy that Fifty Shades is shining a light on the BDSM community and making it more mainstream, she says. But the way in which it depicts BDSM isn't realistic. Almost always the woman is the dominant, known as the dominatrix, and the man is the submissive. So Christian being the one in charge isn't really correct. And Lady Velvet Steel, a professional dominatrix in Berlin, criticized the film itself and said it was badly written and boring. There is no clear outline of how an S&M relationship has to be, she says. There is no definitive right and wrong way, but the foundation is that you have two people who agree in a consensual manner to the form the relationship should take. The movie seems to want to depict a very niche aspect of S&M, total power exchange, where a submissive gives up total responsibility to the dominant. In my experience, while this can sound great in one's fantasy, it rarely works in reality because it's rarely safe or sane. And by now, I think I've hammered that point home. Whether you think the movie and book are interesting, dangerous, or somewhere in between one of the many gray areas of this franchise, that's up to you. Personally, I think this gets a lot of things wrong. And again, like I said in the beginning, if this was just a story for Erica to live out her own, well, fantasy, then that would be all right. But when a work is made public like this, it should do more justice for the community and more research should have been done. Otherwise, it's only going to reinforce the stereotypes and assumptions people make about the BDSM community and do very little educating. 
At the end of the day, anything that you do that falls in line with true BDSM should be safe, sane, and consensual. And these books show that those elements did not exist. So with that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's video. What do you think about Fifty Shades of Grey and the franchise as a whole? Aside from the poor writing, I really did wanna talk about the real issues I have with these series because I feel that the poor writing is a bit of a surface level thing and there's a lot of things underneath that actually matter. Let me know your thoughts though in the comment section down below. And if you did enjoy this video or you learned something, make sure to hit that like button. And of course, if you're new here, make sure to subscribe as well. If you want more content from me, you can click the description box. We're gonna find links to all of my social media, second channel, sourcing, all the good stuff will be down below. So again, thank you so much for watching today's video. I love you guys and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.